0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and happy Monday. and Welcome to this Monday edition of the Source of Truth podcast and our live stream daily devotional and we are grateful that you are starting off the week with us on this monday morning hope the services were an encouragement to you yesterday hope the word of god was an it was an inspiration what a challenge as we strive to grow closer to our god and learn more and more about him uh, we're going to be in psalm chapter 94 here in just a moment and as we evaluate out another passage and continue as we've been studying through the book of psalms and we really hope this will be a help. I want to start with a question before we actually get into reading the passage, uh, to kind of give us a little bit of introduction to ultimately the application we're going to look at. Uh, we said this more than once that when you study Pat, when you study Scripture, obviously we have to understand the context, what's going on. You can't fully understand how, what I can learn from this if I don't understand the context of who it's being spoken to. Um, And so in a minute, we're gonna talk about how he's been spoken about Israel and about some of the grief they were going through as that's the context of the passage. But there's also two words used an awful lot in preaching and study, and that's called interpretation and application. Interpretation is literally just the meaning of the passage. This is what the passage means. There's only one interpretation. Someone to say, well, my interpretation is this, that that's not valid. There is only one interpretation. God wrote the Bible. He gave one meaning. He gave one explanation. This is why he wrote it. Our job is not to use scripture and twist it to make us feel better or find a way to adapt us. No, the Bible is Written with one explanation and one reason behind it. God gave us something, our job is to study, as a study to show yourself approved unto God. Learn from the Word of God what we can from that. So, the, fir- the first word is interpretation, but then there's another word used a lot, equally uh, as important, it's called application. Now, application is unique because app- there can be many applications to a passage. Uh, and, and it depends on your context. It depends on who's reading it. it depends on the scenario, the application you take, and what, what God teaches you personally from this may differ. For me, I'm in a scenario uh, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, things of that nature. And so what God teaches and what he's doing in my life will change, will help differ a little bit. The application pulled from the truth. One truth, multiple applications to it. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at an interpretation and then I'm going to pull an application from that. But I want to ask this question. You ever been in a scenario where you are convinced somebody just is not listening to you? It could be you're convinced somebody you know is going deaf. My wife gets in my case off and on about that and and I acknowledge the fact that When there's other noise going on, I don't do well with multiple noises. I'm gonna focus my attention on one, and so if the TV's running or if I'm listening to someone else, I won't even recognize that someone's talking. It's not that I'm ignoring them. Uh, I'm just focused. Once I'm focused, I don't do well catching more than one bit of information. So I gotta turn the TV off or pause it or something if anybody else is talking to me, which is uh, the right thing to do anyway. Uh, But we joke about that idea that you talk to some people and uh, it doesn't make a difference how loud you scream somehow. they just don't hear you now some people don't hear you they can't maybe they are losing their their hearing some people are so distracted some people are frankly just just ignoring you and we've all been in some scenario like that well we're going to look at a passage today where the psalmist as he's writing this is asking god frankly are do you hear me do you hear what we're saying? And so the application we'll ultimately get to. It, for us, it comes down to the fact that have there been times where you feel like when God when you pray, when you come, when you when, when you are in the midst of whatever it is, or asking God to move or asking God to do something, you wonder, is He? Does he hear me? Now, let me give you the simple answer. Yes, he does. He's always listening. But yet there are times he chooses to remain silent. Now, please understand, he says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I have sin in my life that I refuse to deal with, it's there, I know it's there, and I will not get it right, God says he will not listen to me. He chooses to not listen. That is a biblical principle, and that is to consider. If that's happening, then uh, repent and get that right. Uh, but the other key here is that there may be times that God hears, but he's saying you're not ready and prepare. Yet for the answer. So I just want to, I want to give us some affirmation on that truth as we examine this passage, Psalm 94, verse 1: O Lord, excuse me, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. They're in pain, they're hurt. He goes, You have a right. This is you are the one to deal with our enemies. Why aren't you? He says, verse 2: Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. Verse three: "Lord, how long shall the wicked? How long shall the wicked triumph? It's simplistic thing. Lord, you have the ability and the right, and, and you are the person to bring vengeance." And now he's asking, "How long are the wrong? going to continue to do right or to be, get away with it how long are the wicked going to triumph and you know we're trying to do right and the wicked's winning and it just seems like it seems like the wicked is just winning and getting away the righteous are seem to falling by the wayside and it just seems like god you're not doing anything about it verse 4 how long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves they break in pieces thy people o lord and afflict thine inheritance inher- They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. So they, they give a list of things in this verse of the horrible things the wicked are doing, from murder to many, many more things, and murdering the um, the fatherless, the orphans, people like that. You look at some of these things and you say, These are evil people. So he very much clarifies, This is not just somebody I'm not getting along with. This is not somebody who irked me off a little bit on church on Sunday, or somebody who's ghosted me or left me unseen or read in a text. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it, all right? Um, These aren't people who are just purposely choosing to ignore me and therefore I'm a tad bit offended. These are evil people. We can compare them to some in the world that are anti-God, anti-Christianity, and anti-anything that is right. Please understand, they rarely have a problem with religion in general. They don't have a problem with most religions. They don't have a problem with religions that completely disagree with their point of view. But they struggle with Christianity. And you say, I don't know why would that be? Very simple, simple answer. Christianity, number one, is the only one that has Jesus. It's the only one that's true. Religion is not a threat because there's no validity behind it. It's all man-made, right? God and Jesus are real, and they don't want the reality. There are religions out there that are more homophobic and more anti all of these crazy things that, you know, have nothing to do with Christianity, and, and yet these the world is trying to protect this group brag on that religion and want to be tolerant to that religion even though that religion is anti-everything they believe so but then you come to christianity that is more loving to that group and yet i don't like it. i don't like it because it has really nothing to do with any of it everything to do with the truth of god and they don't like that and and then here's what he says they will they will go against you and they will mock you and say oh god's not going to do anything about it that is we see this sometimes we say lord why are you allowing this so what do we continue to say what do we say with that verse eight Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, catch this, shall he not hear? He that created the ear, you understand, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know? Verse 11, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity we're going to stop in that passage right there but i want to look at this the psalmist listens to these people who are basically bragging on the fact that they're getting away with these horrible things and they say well god's not going to care he won't regard it he won't even see it. he doesn't seem to care about us and what we're doing and that is far from the truth by the way but we look at it you know in in, in the the he's chosen his his inheritance in the old testament obviously israel uh, excuse me, the church is not the replacement of Israel in the New Testament, but during, from Matthew till, till, well, till the tribulation starts, this gap of time, some call it the age of grace, some call it the age of the church, whatever term you want to use, um, the, the, Israel's kind of in this pause. At some point, all these promises will get over to Israel at some point in our future. But right now, there's this pause where he focuses on uh, on the on Gentile church, basically. And he comes, and his, his group for this time is called the local church, the called-out assembly. Those of us who believe in him and follow him and commit to him, and then we, we get together in our small local, our smaller groups and our local churches, and we worship him, and, and, and we do these things. And this is, this is the group that he's chosen for this generation, for this time. And, and yet... There are some, you know, in and, and some of the great churches across the con- across the globe under great persecution. You say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. My church is fine, and that sometimes becomes the arrogance of American Christians because we don't really see true massive persecution and or extreme, you know, death and murder or whatever we'd say in American churches. Then the church is fine. Like somehow the American church is the only church. You know, there are people, there are churches across the globe that sacrifice weekly to come to church, and yet they're great persecution. And and we sit back and say, God, how long are you going to allow them to die for you, to be persecuted for you, to see them do horrendous things? We sit in America, and we really don't really understand what it means to sacrifice and and to commit and to surrender to God. We just don't fully understand it. It's just too easy in our country. Because of that, it would become indifferent to it. These people who are turned to great persecution, they say, How long? How long? God, are you going to do something? And he ends by saying, listen, simple point. I hope that at some point he says, the wicked, I, maybe you need to wise up at some point. Simply wise up at some point, because here's what he's saying. He created the ear, he hears you. He created the eye, he sees you. He he is the one that chastises the wicked. He's going to do this. God is aware of what's going on, and in his timing, he will deal with it. In his timing. And if God just reacted to every foolish wicked person who wanted to mock him it would be he would become just like them god is the god of all things he's a god of creation he's a god of these people you know we could sit back and say god deal with it and god says but i love them and i want them to come to me i want them to repent so i'm going to not really worry too much about these little things because i'm more concerned about their soul than i am concerned about what they're saying right now Boy, what what a heart of God, the long-suffering that all of us have enjoyed through the salvation we have seen as he has continued, as he sought us out for salvation and continues to seek us out in daily reconciliation. What an amazing God that is. Boy, I tell you, when we look at this, we get a different view of how God views it. God sees what's going on. He's already got a plan. And in one day, we talk about this in the evening services, Revelation, his wrath will come and it will be extreme. But until that day... As he continues to offer grace, may we embrace it personally. May we grow in that love for him because of it. And may we take advantage of it and sharing it to others and to be, and use it as an opportunity in this time before this, this age of prophecy ends. Well, I tell you, thank you for joining us on this Monday morning as we start the week off together. Thanks for joining us in the word of God. If I would give anything from this application is whatever you're going through, don't worry about it. God already knows it's there. God already knows how he's gonna deal with it and how it's gonna end. So we give it to him and we move on. That's really what we do. Whatever it is you find yourself in, the great application is whatever you find yourself in right now, God is going to deal with it. God already has a plan on how he's going to deal with it. It's just a matter of time for the time to fulfill God's plan. So trust in him. Put your confidence in him and just keep going. Just keep moving forward, knowing that whatever it is you've asked, he cares, he sees, he listens, he knows your need, he knows your heart, he knows your pain, he knows all of it right now. And he has a plan to resolve and to deal with what you're going through. He's already done that. So simply this, put your trust in him and in the right timing, he, his truth and his answer will prevail. And man, it'll be amazing when he does. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus today. Thank you so much for the privilege you've given to, uh, to us, to me, to be part of your day. And hopefully it was an encouragement, a challenge, even an inspiration as we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus in these crazy times. We hope it's a help. Uh, We hope maybe if it's an encouragement, if you would share it with others, that would truly be an encouragement to us as well. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.